It's not brain science. It's rocket surgery. This is the island of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> the incomparable number 543, December 2020. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I am your host, Jason Snell, and this is a rocket surgery episode where we watch a movie that we probably shouldn't have and then ask ourselves, why do we do it? And the answer is because Jason told you to. Jason told us to. And I regret regret everything. Also, I want to explain to people what we're doing here. Uh, This is uh, the most wonderful time of the year. It's Kilmas. Merry, merry Kilmas. Where we watch the movies of Val Kilmer (laughs) to celebrate him being him himself just being Val Kilmer also in the interest of inclusion Feliz Kilvidad <laughs> we watched 1996's The Island of Dr. Moreau a film considered by many the most troubled movie production of all time it's all there on the screen let me introduce the people who apparently watched this movie because I told them to <laughs> oh if only I had not also watched it I would be laughing now uh, Annette Weirstra watched this movie hello hello please just leave me on a dinghy in the middle of the ocean and don't make me mm. continue on I'll just keep drifting it'll be fine uh, it'll be fine uh, David J. Lore, hello hello we we love our kill members <laughs> Steve Lutz Hello, Jason. Uh, remember, we walk on two legs, not on four. To walk on four legs breaks the law. You don't want to break the law. What happens when we break the law? Tony Sindelar also joins us. Tony, I thought you learned your lesson. You know, I have an opening statement. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Hello, nerds. And Gene McDonald. Hello. Hey, Jason, I... I- I think I liked Island of Dr. Frankenstein better. Oh. Yeah. I, oh. And I will be the sayer of the law today. That'll be my mm. job. I'll be the sayer of the law. Oh, the goat man. <laughs> 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 as it's, yes, the greatest of all time, goat man. Mm. Ron Perlman <laughs> as goat man. This is, okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay. It's, it's a movie based on a classic, <laughs> a, a classic H.G. Wells uh, novel. Um, it feels very much like the plot of a, a novel written in the 1890s in that it's, it's, I am adrift at the sea and then I'm taken to a scientist strange island where I learn very strange things are going on. Cause that's basically what happens. This is, uh, this is a movie in which David Thewlis, uh, from Harry Potter and other things, uh, playing Rob Morrow's <laughs> part because Rob Morrow is among the people who abandoned this project <laughs> rapidly in the production process. The smart ones. Yeah. One of several people quit or fired from this. Yeah, this it, it is, it, and and not knowing anything about that, I mean, it's all on screen. It is a disaster. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a lot we could agree upon about the Island of Doctor Moreau. It was released in 1996. It has a beginning, middle, and end. They put credits on it. <laughs> there's people in it. It is it is by far not the worst film I have ever seen. You know what? Let me say one good thing about Island of oh, Doctor. Let's Murray. do that. Oh, great. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's only about 90 minutes long. It's, it's only about 90 minutes. minutes. Yeah, but sure. yeah. That was exactly my my thought. Was well, okay. It's not too long. And then I will also say. I didn't find it that boring, which I also dreaded because no. things no. just keep happening in this movie. Yeah. So it's like, all right. What's weird about this particular bad movie is that like the production quality is good. Yeah. The the acting, I mean, considering is good. 
up until probably the scene where uh, David Thewlis discovers the 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 uh, horse lady or something birthing <laughs> some kind of baby. Yep. Cow lady. It's actually Pig pretty lady. good. Yeah, you and know, then Steve, it goes th- that so is, off the rails. That is literally the moment where in my notes it says, whoa, this movie got weird fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, it's not that weird. And I'm like, oh, you know, Val Kilmer, there's a secret lurking in his little island mansion. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, but it's just kind of like weird and atmospheric. And who doesn't like a private island? And then, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the people doing the prosthetic stuff, I think they did a great job. Like, this is 20-year-old special effects that looks fine. Well, you, you've got the it great Stan good. Winston working on these creature yeah. effects. I mean, he's yeah. he's one of the all-time greats, and he his work is mostly good. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can pre- pretty much tell where his stuff ends and, you know, whoever else is working <laughs> on it begins. But it's, yeah. uh, man, is this thing a mess. Up until that moment, it's not bad. It's not yeah. paced the greatest, but it, it kind of moves yeah. a little bit, and it's unsettling, and it's very much like it's almost like a Twilight Zone or a night gallery, uh-huh. where it's 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 more and more unsettling. And Thulis is a very prickly actor, so you're kind of like, oh, he's freaked out. What's going on? <laughs> and then, oh wow! And then, <laughs> you know, so, now you know. the the good thing I will say about it is, if you close your eyes, Marlon Brando. <laughs> Despite getting all of his lines through a radio transmitter, <laughs> Marlon Brando gives a great audio performance. And if you actually look at him, it's horrible. Yeah. But his voice is great. And his mini-me that he has yeah. with and him. And his yeah, mini-me. bananas. The only thing that I think brings down the mood in the early sort of not bad part of the movie is that Val Kilmer is just doing Chris Knight from Real Genius. Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's no way to take him seriously. No, there's this. a stock Val Kilmer character, um, <laughs> and this will and not to, not to give away a future installment of Kilmus, but we will see this character <laughs> again. Kilmus. Spoilers called, for, for er, Kilmus arrogant, and again, because yeah. yeah, exactly. Although even Val Kilmer's character, as the movie gets weirder, gets weirder, which oh, I yes. enjoy. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's you know, hey. Arrogant, arrogant, jokey Jack Wagon of Al Kilmer uh, saves David uh, Thewlis's life and um, takes him back. Does he? Well, he says, I, I got we're, we're not going to go take you back to civilization. Because first, like, I'm going to you're going to go back to civilization. He's like, no, 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 you're not going to go back to civilization. You're going to stay with me. But uh, we, I've got like a ra- uh, radio tower that I'm the only one who can fix it, but I'll totally fix it. And I'll radio and, and we'll get you out of here. And instead sweeps him away into the super weird island where uh, Dr. Moreau, who is Marlon Brando, has been experimenting and creating half animal, half human uh, creatures on this island. And and uh, but it's all, you know, building up to that, as David said, a little Twilight Zoney. We we learn about that the doctor's been there 18 years. He was driven out of society by animal rights activists. I'm saying, good call, animal <laughs> rights activists. <laughs> Job well done. Yeah. And then 10 years oh, yeah. ago, Val Kilmer came out and joined him, and they have just had a great time creating all sorts of hideous monsters. Um, the moment that it goes really bad for David Thewlis is, of course, when Val Kilmer uh, says, no, oh, go right in here. This is your room. And then immediately locks him in. Locks him in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which is... Uh, I feel like that's a trope. That's a classic trope of uh, of uh, of Victorian books, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna yes. get locked away, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and then and then your door will be unlocked later somehow, you know. 
but and you'll stumble into something. But that's a exactly. It's well, a Dracula in this case, move. like and roughly thirty seconds later, he picks the lock. So it's yeah, not like, yeah. <laughs> literally, it's like, can I get a pokey yeah. thing that pushes it out onto a magazine? I was uh, I was very <laughs> surprised when the movie started, and it is neither Marlon Brando nor Val Kilmer adrift at sea in a raft. But some other guy who whose giant face is not on the movie poster. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I I think I spent about ten minutes like being like, what is going on? Again, in that uh-huh. tradition of a lot of these books uh, from this period, I feel like mm-hmm. you have an everyman who wanders into yeah, the sure. insane right. world that's going on, and then is he's the one who wrote the book and is reporting back to you about the strange right. things he saw. And you see that like Gulliver's Travels is like I, I mean that 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 kind of that kind of thing happens a lot. So they, mm-hmm. that's that's who Thulis is. Especially, it's yeah. like it's a it's usually it's a British person who's going to <laughs> wander sure. into somewhere, sure. you know, some far off exotic. <laughs> well, land they're all over the place because right? of the, the empire. They're just right. drifting around yes. in the shipping lanes, and you know yes. who knows. You have Brando and Kilmer fighting it out on screen as to who is weirder, and you have Thulis <laughs> trying to be normal. And Thulis is a great actor when he's weird. Yeah. So yeah. it's sort of a, a strange. <laughs> By the way, Mark Brando wins that. I don't know. Brando wins. Brando totally wins. (laughs) And and the movie does learn. Like, one of the great things in The Third Man is that everybody thinks Orson Welles is in the whole movie. He's only in it for, like, eight minutes because they're always talking about him. And this, Brando doesn't even show up for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then after 30 minutes... He's gone. And to be honest here, David Thewlis, most of this movie is spent with him just looking extremely constipated mm. and slamming yes. his fist down on things. <laughs> and wandering around. He's just walking. Yeah, there's a weird thing. And I mean, I guess this is just an artifact of the, the material adapted, that mm-hmm. he doesn't super drive a lot of the action, right? No, he's very passive. Yeah. Yep. No, he's your narrator slash observer. He happens to be on the island when everything goes to hell, but it's not like he shakes it up or or you know he's just there to see it yeah he he doesn't right. cause all of these things to happen he's just yeah he's our narrator yeah, you think he his arrival there would offset something or he would accidentally let somebody out or do something intentional whether intentionally or unintentionally his presence would somehow lead to something and it's like nope it's just you're just lucky that you happen to uh wash up on this island during the last two years <laughs> of its chaotic uh fall well, and even the twist about why he's actually been taken to yes. the island is just kind of dumb and meaningless. I was hoping that actually something more exciting would happen to him. Like he would, you know, they would <laughs> knock him out again and start like doing experiments on him. And it was like, well, if we're going to go bananas, let's just like mm-hmm. turn him into a beast man and see what happens from that perspective. <laughs> like a werewolf? <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, a werewolf would be good. Like you maybe a Shadows of Her Innsmouth ending where he... uh he he wakes up looking in a mirror and realizes that his, yeah. his eyelids are upside down or something like that. But it's like it's bananas you know? already. Yes. So like let's just go mm-hmm. off. Let's let's take it even further then. On one level I appreciate that it doesn't fall into the same tropes that we've seen in every adventure thing. And yet when it doesn't fall into anything, nothing else happens. <laughs> Right. As soon as things collapse, they just collapse. There's no, yeah, they, you know, they really do. Like it stops making sense like, about like yeah, as yeah. soon as they kill yeah. off Brando, I feel like yeah. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> it's like they ran out of script and we're just yeah. like, just let's blow some yeah. stuff and, up. And now for the last half hour, we present to you this collection of random images. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fever dream. There's hints of things in there. 
but they they don't go anywhere, right? Yeah. Like you you want to see the version of Montgomery building up his weird cult, but it lasts about right. eight minutes. Um, <laughs> like I thought, I was like, oh, this is where we go now, and it's like, oh no, he yeah. he gets a scene. Yeah, this whole thing feels like there was a whole lot more footage at one point, and then they just scrapped like ninety percent of it, and they kind of like forgot to keep the important connective tissue that made the remaining scenes mm-hmm. make some kind of sense. Well, I kind of even wondered about so they they taken this this novel and they've jumped it forward a hundred years in time, roughly to the present day, right? But that doesn't seem to really have a huge bearing on the actual story or plot or anything like that i mean i guess they drive a jeep at one point instead of it being like you know like a horse and carriage or something like that and there's a radio that that doesn't work there's a radio because there's yeah. a, a radio that pulled out of yeah, it because but that's val it. kilmer has the circuit board on his head yeah that is his most <laughs> yeah. real real genius moment when he has it like in his yes. hair um, and, he, and he tosses yeah. it out the window and it makes a sound as if it has landed on a soft pillow, which I thought was a very <laughs> weird choice for a sound effect in that moment. The book itself uh, has like, I mean, I haven't read the whole thing, but I did d- dive into a little bit of it today. But read apparently the second half of the book is post uh, Moreau and, you know, more like in detail about the, the creature's well, you know, trying to form their own society, which of course turns out even worse mm. because mm. this is a Victorian it's sort of novel. like an an- mm-hmm. uh, Lord of the Flies, but with animals. Well, yeah. I wonder even they because they establish one of the few things we learn about uh, Thulis's character is that he's some kind of UN negotiator, <laughs> and so I keep waiting for him to like negotiate peace between the different factions or or he's anything. It's like no, yeah, he's, he's working on the peace talks or whatever it is. He yeah, says. well, you know, I'm just maybe maybe they ditched him in the ocean. Maybe he was not. <laughs> you know. I'm working on the peace agreement. Well, what peace agreement is that exactly? <laughs> just all. Piece? All the big picture. He's a big picture guy. All the pieces. Yeah. <laughs> In the book, it follows him back to London and how he is suddenly uncomfortable with humans and he realizes mm-hmm. what humans can devolve into. And he moves to the countryside into an isolated lifestyle and just cowers in fear as a hermit for the rest of his life that's how we the do, book ends we do get a tiny bit of that with the moralizing and the yes. stock footage of people you oh, know God. sort of vaguely fighting yeah. each other at the end. Which would have been so much better without the stock footage. (laughs) Of all the things to complain about in this movie, really. Oh, by the way, for those who are veterans of Frankenstein Island, and it came up earlier. A better movie. I I just think that the first five minutes of this movie, I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting strong, Frankenstein Island vibes yeah. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> Wandering around a around, wandering around a lawn is a classic island activity, you know? Yeah. When you it's start with a, a, a long shot yeah. of like the ocean and a boat, you're like, hmm, mm-hmm. are they gonna mm-hmm. maybe they could build a raft and they'll hey, be that's a, that's a big step up from sock footage of balloons. So I was hoping he was gonna start hallucinating a Bengal tiger and start talking to it and then no. Different mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, that's oh, what I was thinking. Footage of a shark. The, li- the life of Pie Boat is headed the other direction yeah. as he's yes. going this direction. <laughs> it's uh, into a better movie. Uh, no less. Uh, so yeah. there's the yeah, the animal there's the animal baby and the animal people and 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 we meet. Uh, Faruza Bulk is playing the the daughter of Marlon Brando of Doctor Moreau. Except it's revealed that like, that she's unquote, growing unquote, fangs unquote. because she's actually like a cat lady. Although she looks yeah. mostly well, she's like a, a human. Cat. It's my yeah, the one the one clever uh, line in the movie. Yes, she's a pussy cat. <laughs> yeah, and I can't I, I can't really get a read on the relationship between Val Kilmer and and Marlon Brando, th- their characters, right? Because no it's like one can. is he a 
is he a uh, uh, you know a, a follower or a hanger on? I get the sense because of the character Val Kilmer is playing, which is his stock Val Kilmer character, <laughs> that he's more of a kind of like he's going along with it because he has nothing better to do and he's kind of a sponge, but he isn't really yeah. helpful in any way. Um, of course, there's no chemistry between them because apparently they despised each other and didn't speak to each other, and so you know there, it's not like there's a great scene. It's like oh that but that moment between Brando and Kilmer is real. No, that is not. I mean, it doesn't happen. Maybe, maybe the best moment between them is when Kilmer devolves into madness and starts doing his Moreau impression. Yes, which is <laughs> yes the the worst Brando impression I think I've ever heard. I enjoyed that scene a lot, where he's oh, dressed, he's dressed up as Doctor Moreau and he's doing his and his he's, Marlon he's Brando, like a, a baby talk version of Moreau. Instead <laughs> of like, if you took the most stock Brando impression and did this to yep, it, that's it. It's and, like, it's Paul Lynn's Marlon Brando. By the way, we're hopping is. around here because why yeah. not? It's this dumb movie, but yeah. that, that's right yeah. before but right before Val Kilmer dies. And I just want to say I'm going to nominate for perhaps the best exit line in a movie ever. Yes, I want to go to dog heaven. Yeah, it's not bad. Well, so so the the relationship, as far as I can tell, is he's. He's joined him on the island 10 years ago because he expected to be treated as an equal and to be able to help out with ex- these experiments. He has instead been relegated to kind of the, you know, helper around Handy the man. island. Yeah, he, he calls himself a vet, <laughs> yeah, right? Ra- so. Radio maintenance man. Right. <laughs> well, and, you know, if you want to get better at that, maybe don't put the circuit board on your head. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> but yes, at this point, he's clearly, his position is basically to deliberately sabotage everything that's going on on mm-hmm. the island because... He snaps the neck of the rab- the rabbit, which oh, sort of rabbit. sets everything into motion. That was the uh, worst. That was motion. the worst part. Yeah, yeah that, that's like the original sin, right? Right. Kill yeah. He's rabbit. the one that hands the gun off to Dog Boy to, to shoot uh, Cheetah Man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There's, there's uh, is it like Baboon Man, who's the first one who's like, no, 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 he's fine. He's a five-finger man like you. And he's like, oh, five-finger man. Because we meet, all of these characters are animal people they're all animal people they're, they're all hybrids. like like goat person and exactly right they're all like that so um my favorite character in the movie by the way is the the goat who is the preacher basically the he's the law the the law, law. he's yeah, the leader of the sort of cult they worship dr moreau as as their god because i mean he kind of is um, and he's, and he's like the most reasonable, the goat man is the most reasonable of all of the animal <laughs> yes. hybrid people. Um, even though the moment that, uh, that Brando shows up, um, they, they immediately, cause David Thulis thinks like, okay, I, I'll be safe here. And they're like, nope, <laughs> Marlon Brando is here. We're going to take you to him. And that is an amazing moment because that's, that's brand, that moment is where Brando appears in the film for the first time. And he is, mm. he is wearing, he's completely covered in white, like white makeup that they say is sunscreen, but it, it is not, it is super weird. And he's got like a, a, a weird thing around the rest of his face. And he's in a, he's in a white moon. He's in mosquito netting. Yeah, he's got he's like skin netting all over, yeah. and his vehicle looks like a fake Pope mobile. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It is amazingly weird, and like, why is it like this? And um, I, I that scene is great, and it's so uh, strange. Apparently, it's, it was Brando's idea. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I thought it was zinc oxide, like you know that maybe, but it's like that perfect. It's like total block, but it looked powdery. Like, it looked powdery. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's the thing. And he's got the, the black sunglasses with the side panels. And, and yes. Minnie Moreau is wiping it off of him later, and it's clearly looks like And then like he never wears it again. Yeah. But no. I mean, I think asking for logic in this but, movie is probably a lot. But we learn from this that his control over them is that he has given them, and this is important for the plot, such as it is, that he, <laughs> he, uh, he controls them all by basically giving them electric shocks on his little button thing that he's got. And uh, and because they've all got little implants that allow him to control them by like basically giving them these electric shocks, and um, and this is important later because later one of the animal people I forget which one hyena, is it the cat the hyena hyena, 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 hyena man hyena, hyena, hyena man swine. he's hyena, hyena and swine. Pain. hyena swine so, so, finally is like oh hey I just uh, rip this off <laughs> like, okay <laughs> they don't know that they have them. Until Lomai gets shot and cremated, and That's he right. finds that in the remains, and he's like, "Right, which also what is a, this? an electric shock block would not survive <laughs> right. the heat of uh, cremation." What? But yes, <laughs> Jason, are you are you complaining that the island amenities are a second rate cremation facility? <laughs> <laughs> but the rabbit does start it off right because they the rabbit. Uh, is killed and mm-hmm. they find the rabbit and there's that scene where Furzabalk is leading David Thewlis down to the to escape except it doesn't really work and they're at one point they're being stalked by the by the uh, the guy who um, end up they sentence him to death because he killed the rabbit um, and of course that is how they discover that they're being controlled by this little device that's attached yes. to a bone and it wasn't uh, supposed to be death it. either right, right. that's why that Moreau gets not- upset. Yeah. When the guy shoots shoots him, him. sure. Yeah. Well, like, he's just no, said this that we just don't kill. Trial. Yeah, yeah. exactly kill. right. And then and then uh then Dogboy um who has been given this gun by Montgomery again stirring stuff up uh you know sticks a sticks a shell of some kind in this guy's head. Is this do- the dog butler, right? The dog butler. Dog butler. Yes. They're all his son. Zello as a Zello. AKA Boba Fett. Can you imagine people listening to this? Listening to us talking <laughs> like, about this who haven't seen it? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? There's like a guy who's dressed as a butler who's who who is a dog and he and he kills the guy and then later he kills Val Kilmer right after he says, I want to go to dog heaven. So, you know. And and then and then there's a scene where Marlon Brando's wearing an ice bucket on his head. That was apparently again brando's idea yeah. and everyone on set was like what? keep loading more ice into the top you got to do that mini, mini i strongly suspect by the way that that was an homage to the krellman scene in star wars holiday special i think <laughs> 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 do we skip over the part where uh probably Lewis tries to leave because the island is really bad but the boat is filled with uh stop motion rat monsters that we never see again right Oh, I forgot about yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I found I found them deeply upsetting. Well, you have yeah. to keep them there somehow, right? We can't let them escape. No, he makes six or seven escape attempts, and all of them are just a big waste of everybody's time. Mm. <laughs> no, but that that scene though on the on the boat was like right out of Alien. You know, yeah. this like the you know the yes little claws across the boat. A million times less competent, but yes, the same basic idea. I think. And I was like, "What is it going to be?" So another scene that I want to mention, which is great, is the the um, the dinner party scene, mm-hmm. which yes. includes the um, the piano duo with Marlon That's, Brando like and and Minnie <laughs> Me, and then it's followed by by dinner, and this is the moment where you know they bring in the rabbit, and this is Val Kilmer stirring, stirring the pot, pot, and it leads to the whole like not to kill law broken, and they kill the Catman, but that scene. <laughs> <laughs> when they're all around the table and they're talking and it's all very like 
very serious and also very cryptic. It is like a James Bond movie, right? Where you've got the oh, villain yeah. and James Bond across the table from each other. It's one of those, except it's except it's at a doctor, no. a ludicrous collection of people who are at this, <laughs> at this dinner, animal Family people dinner. who are at this at this dinner dinner table, including Minnie Me. And I had that moment where I thought to myself, I I am wondering if Mike Myers literally watched that scene and said, "I've got it. I'm going to do a James <laughs> Bond parody with a Minnie Me because it's all there. It's all, it's there. all there. It's so it, well, weird. It's so weird. So apparently, Brando got obsessed with the Minnie Me yeah. and was like. We need to have this guy in more scenes. I need more scenes with him. Well, it's the fact that they always have matching outfits that's amazing. Yeah, right. And they play the piano. <laughs> and the the, the piano scene yeah. was literally because Brando wanted to give him more stuff to do. Yeah. Oh, well, the piano scene is wonderful. It's it, probably that's the best it's amazing. It's fun. That, yeah. that whole thing. I think this is yeah. where the movie has not completely fallen apart yet. Yes. And there is some stuff that is <laughs> sublimely weird and in some cases interesting. Uh, but... It stays our number. <laughs> the precipice is, is, is near at hand. It, well, the, so the movie gets weird fast, and then you get to that scene, and you're like, what are they doing? And then later it falls <laughs> apart completely. But it, this is in that little moment where it's like a dead cat bounce, proverbial dead cat bounce, where it's like, <laughs> the movie is not going to be savable. But this is a moment where it's almost achieved liftoff, where it's, for a moment, <laughs> you're like, wow, this is, this could be? No, it can't be. But, you know, enjoy the moment. And again, for, for late-era Brando... This is not a bad performance. He, no, he's not incoherent. No, I I, I was really assuming this would be a completely incoherent performance by Marlon Brando, and it's not. It's super strange, and I don't know why he did it, but it's it's well, and not. He's doing a, a great accent. He's basically doing Sidney Greenstreet for the whole thing, <laughs> and you know, and again, the whole thing about oh, he had a radio transmitter. You can't really tell. You can see it every now and then, but you can't really tell from his performance. He does a very nice right. job of sort of offhand adding in little things here and there. No, no Marlon Brando is not one of the, one of the problems with this movie. No, there he's are, not. He's probably I'm, I'm one shocked. of the best things. I'm shocked that he's not, but he's not. He does some lovely grace notes and and his last scene. His last scene, he's actually acting really really well. Yeah, he is. I, you know, I really enjoyed it. If the ape men could only hear Gershwin, they would realize that 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 culture is important. No, uh, no. This was still the point where I was like, okay, I think I'm getting the message and the theme of this, <laughs> and like, oh, they're trying to say that people are bad, animals are bad, we're all, uh, uh, and then it, it, you know, I gave someone up. Someone is bad. Certainly, someone. Someone. Is bad. Everybody's <laughs> bad. We're just bad. Burn it down. You 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 have correctly outlined, I think, and diagrammed the, the the big the big idea of this movie, which is like, well, humanity is corrupt, but then we place our corruption in the animals, and that is corrupted by the animal. But wait, uh, hmm. uh, um, I think it's we're just we're the real animals. I mean, they all kill each other. Uh, no, no, <laughs> it's like it's nothing. it's trying to go somewhere, and then it realizes, oh, this. No, this doesn't make any sense. We give up. Let's just uh, have everybody kill everybody else. But it is, there, it is, no, it is. I mean, whether it's the residue of the book or it's the residue of the original screenplay or what, like the movie wants to be, wants to say something about man play, playing, you know, God and uh, that we think we're bringing, you know, because Marlon Brando says something at one point about how we have terribleness within us and the animals will cure, by using animal DNA, will cure the bad parts, the devil mm -hmm. that's in humanity. 
And then, you know, then you, you, you wonder like, are, does that mean that the animal people are innocent and then, but are we corrupting them instead of their corrupting us? And it's like, they're, tr- I see that they're trying to go somewhere, but in the end and it goes nowhere because it's like, where. just suffice it to yeah. say that the people are bad and they make animal people who are also bad and probably should just be animals. Maybe if they didn't electrocute them all the time. Yeah, right. But yeah. it's like they had to do yeah. that to subvert their animal nature, which sort of contradicts the human, like man which is means the they ultimate right? monster. No, don't <sighs> don't let a vivisectionist create your your civilization. Is what I say. You know, Ron Perlman. It was you know I knew he was in it, and I kept going like, oh, that's Ron Perlman. No, that's not Ron Perlman. Like you know the <laughs> the masks were so intense and he usually doesn't need so much of a mask right. and uh, and his I don't know he he kind of underplayed with his voice too cuz yes, he's he, normally got a very distinctive like you can tell when he's Hellboy, you can tell when he's Vincent on Beauty and the Beast. And this yeah. I was like, is that really? I I, I guess it is. I yeah. thought Hyena Swine Guy was him initially. He should have been. Mainly I thought he was going to be he was going to get more more screen time and he does not so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah he doesn't really get to do anything like many of the characters in this movie <laughs> so another uh another scene that i uh, enjoy is the scene immediately after they kill the cat man for breaking the law where uh david thulis is trying to figure out the radio this is the scene where of course val kilmer throws the circuit board of the radio out into the soft pillow that's outside the window <laughs> in the jungle you don't want to break it <laughs> but but val kilmer while this is happening and he, and he he's like it's so weird he's standing around he's wearing like a flannel shirt on a tropical island and headphones bobbing around to music <laughs> chris Knight. and it's so strange well, and he keeps putting them on and taking them off and putting right. them on and there's yeah, an old like mac laptop there by another. the way great job apple product placement to get the powerbook 500 in the <laughs> island of dr moreau that that computer was kind of a disaster and so is this movie so metaphors <laughs> metaphors <laughs> Good job, but Val, Val Kilmer with the with the flannel and the headphones, taking them on and mm. putting them putting them on and taking them off and putting them on and taking them off. I don't get it. I don't know whether that he was just trying to do some little business there to make his character seem more interesting in some way. <laughs> I don't understand it, but uh, I did. Uh, that's that. Yeah, he's got he's a circuit board in his hat and whatever. Yeah, I I mean I'm trying to. There there's many failure points in this movie and many things that are challenging about it, but I feel like. Uh, Val Kilmer's character may be the like I don't know like load bearing wall that did not bear the load uh, because <laughs> yep. it is, his motivations are so weird and his performance is so over the top at times slash bad I mean you know it seems like probably they did not write him the dialogue needed to establish the character or, or it was thrown out or something but it, it is very or, confusing or he because he drives a it. lot of action for reasons that are we can only kind of guess at. You could almost cut him out and it wouldn't make much of a difference. Yeah. I mean, he's, there's someone there to have Thulis talk to, I guess, basically. True. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You almost expect that his role is that he is like, okay, if I had canon this, he is, he takes Thulis to the island to be part of the impetus of him taking over the island. And he is going to, he is going to undermine by killing the rabbit. He is undermining uh, Dr. Moreau. He is going to cause this uprising. Like you could, you could say maybe that's Val- a very, very liberal head. Well, this is what I'm saying is, is <laughs> yeah. what you really need is th- that would be a use for this character, but the script would need to do that. And the script yeah, finds right. very little use for this character. But yeah. I think you could, I would support the idea of having Val Kilmer's character end up 
being this, you know, the the introducer of chaos to the island and and trying to get rid of Dr. Moreau so that he could either take over or see this island brought to chaos so that they could just get out and be like, well, now they're all going to kill themselves and refer to bestiality and then we'll be gone off to, you know, to Mm -hmm. to some island somewhere yeah. else where we can uh, get back to civilization. <laughs> there's, there's, but none of that well, happens. No, right? Like no, literally no, instead. Honestly though, I, I believe that it, the movie does do just enough to support that headcanon because it does. towards the end there where he descends, you know, into the, the, the pile of, uh, raving and gradually regressing animal people you know, it seems like <laughs> all along he's been wanting to sort of go native and join them and, mm-hmm. you know, have some sort of weird animal human orgy thing that is basically the original director's intent which was cut (laughs) (laughs) there's kind of there's a lot sometimes going on i guess depending on how much you try and read into things it does seem like there are these kind of competing uh things between uh characters we don't get to actually spend a lot of time with uh you know in terms of the there's the animal hybrids that are loyal to Moreau and the ones that are not and the ones that are leading they have they view him as a yeah, religion there's versus the A team yeah the A team who lives in the house <laughs> right. versus the ones who live in the rave um and you know that that but then there's also his staff that's loyal and then and then of, of course we have a main character who is who does nothing yeah and there's there's definitely some missing stuff there in the in the yeah. Montgomery plotline because there's a scene where a uh, dog butler takes the gun <laughs> while he's passed out yeah. and he's he's actually asleep in the chair with a belt wrapped around his bicep so he's been shooting something up yeah. but we mm-hmm. never see any particular reason or, or any any kind of uh, you know example of him shooting heroin or serum or whatever it is that he's trying to do. So I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that got cut out of this that might have helped. Yeah. Probably not, or, but maybe. Or even <laughs> did it, did it even get shot? Cause Kilmer is like, yeah, I'm uh, 40%. I'm done. Good night. Yeah. Perhaps the original sin of this movie is like the casting just going way off the rails. Um, what would this have been without Marlon Brando that then required like a Val Kilmer and then they had Val Kilmer and and put him in a different role and made that role very weird. It feels like there was a lot of kind of basically math done on how do we make this movie marketable based on names on the title and not right. necessarily mm-hmm. who fits into a role or or how is that going to work? And or yeah. if they you can work with them at all? Yes, you know? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't the main matter. Thing. <laughs> if you watch the yeah. documentary Lost Souls, which is very interesting. Um, the director, the original director, wanted to cast Jürgen Prochnow as Moreau, right. which would have been great and would have been a little more closer in age to Kilmer and Bruce Willis and all that. And the studio went, hey, guess what? We got Marlon Brando. He's a marketable name. And that was the first big mistake. Well, I, I think the- As you good know, the, as he is in it. The root cause of this is, so there's the, the original director who also wrote the original screenplay, he had an idea of doing this movie and the studio said yes. And then in a classic moment where uh, a, a movie studio says, great, we love we love A, we'll buy A. Can you, cha- can you add B? Uh, and then can you remove A, <laughs> right? Like it's the classic <laughs> I, movie I studio you. thing. You're perfect. Now this change. deal gets worse all the time. Right. Yeah. Like, like why? I mean, you could say, oh, well, he was in over his head and the casting was weird and they had to fire him and, and replace him with John Frankenheimer, who, 
uh, who demanded a three picture deal in order to pick up this this thing and, and well take it. well done John like I, I mean again opportunism <laughs> and all of that and and he does I mean it is a movie that was finished it's, and it's released functional so, yeah. so good good for him but like what's the what's the problem you can blame it on the original director but the truth is they they shouldn't have hired him and they shouldn't have bought his screenplay and they shouldn't have agreed to make this movie if they were going to then throw out everything that he wanted to do and make a different movie and and that's that I, in the end i think this is the fault of of the studio and then everything else is just a sunk cost fallacy going yes. on right <laughs> where it's like we already built the monsters and we already rented the you know we did the sets and we got this big place in australia where we're going to we do all, all of these this. different colored mumus yeah, yeah like we got so we got many. we rented the piano we gotta <laughs> use this stuff they had so many storms yeah. and delays from just weather the the shoot ended up being something like six months yeah and so they we're all trapped there so it, it is i think in the tr- in the classic sense of a a terrible a movie that was a disastrous production there's usually a bunch of those things that go wrong and then they just keep spending money because they figure at least we'll get a movie out of it in the end and this is certainly right. a movie it's a movie <laughs> we can agree it's a movie that that yeah. does happen at the very end after Val Kilmer says I just want to emphasize this I want to go to dog heaven and then it, <laughs> and then, it, and then it dies and it's literally all. just Just to be be clear, there is uh, uh, David Phyllis's character has a tender moment with uh, with Feruza Balk, where they're they're uh, being hunted by the monsters, um, and uh, and they go crazy, and uh, and then she is killed. But there's a tender moment there that I I actually kind of liked. I think her character is it doesn't get very much to do, but she's interesting and great in how tragic she is. Terrific, right? Um, but of course, you get this terrific part from a very interesting actress who who has been in uh, you know a bunch of interesting, especially in this period, a bunch of interesting stuff. And um, they they don't use her properly, right? So that's another failure of this movie to to have that character who was actually interesting do more. And after that, though, it just becomes it's this crescendo of violence and and weirdness where the one of the um, animal people is, wants to be the god, and it's you know tell me tell them to obey me like they did father. There's got to be a god number one everybody shoots everybody else and that's like the end of the movie um basically and, and, and then uh, at the very end you have uh the goat man basically yeah. as mr rourke sending uh <laughs> david thulis off and tattoo yeah, like, tattoo, and and tattoo. tattoo. <laughs> david thulis has got some water he's got some coconuts he's got a boat he's like i'm out of here goodbye yeah. and they're like you could stay Bye-bye. with us and he's like no, no. Did you guys not watch the movie? And he said, but he then he offers like I could come back with scientists and stuff. And the goat man is like, no, 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 no scientists, not <laughs> yeah. interested. We're, we're good. We will. Good. We will just degrade back into uh, brutality and be animals on four legs. Thank you very much, science. And David Thewlis is like, fair enough. And okay. that's the end of the movie. So I'm out of here. That that. <laughs> That's what we call UN negotiating. <laughs> yep. And so once again, um, what is the message? But between the moment where Val Kilmer says, I want to go to Doc Heaven and dies, and that moment on the beach is just, there's like 20 minutes of just yeah, chaos. There's, there's people a lot in of costumes shooting each other. And, people yeah. running around in the dark. And, Lots yeah. of fire. Snarling and Thulis sweating. I'm just imagining that, that everyone was like, no, kill off my character so I can get out mm. of this island. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they kill off all the major human stars except for Thulis for until the last twenty five minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. just killing everyone off. 
gone. So I, I will say I watched this movie a day ago. And then today I watched the documentary about the making of this movie, mm. uh, Lost Souls, which is great. Uh, if only because the original director was very strange and they have a lot of to- uh-huh. footage with him yes. and his explanation for where everything went wrong. I'm going to tell you now because I can't keep mm-hmm. this inside okay. me. Mm-hmm. He explains that he made a deal with a friend of his who was a <laughs> warlock and that's how he got to yes. make this movie. Yes. And he specifically, his warlock <laughs> friend in England convened a coven while he was meeting with Marlon Brando to secure Marlon Brando for the movie. And that's, everything went re- great. Month later, his warlock gets sick and that's when everything starts falling apart. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You gotta oh, pick a yeah. healthier warlock so when you're pitching a film. the lesson is, <laughs> Choose the well, right the warlock. Listen, the, the warlock may have accidentally irradiated himself. I don't want to spoil the rest of the documentary. <laughs> the documentary is so worth it. But the oh lesson here, the lesson is not, is it man or beast? But, you know, get like a full background check on your warlock. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> get the CV, read through yeah. it, get the references. You know, Make sure that you know. Uh, it's going to stick. One does wonder, based on that, how this movie would have ended up if Richard Stanley had stuck around. I mean, Frankenheim yeah. Island is oh, weird enough. Oh, it would enough. have been even yeah. weirder. Oh, <laughs> oh he, he describes some weird. of the things he wanted to do. Yeah, he was going to have like... Cthulhu in He wanted to be far more sexual. Basically. He wanted more sexual. He wanted people biting things off of one that another. That is one of my favorite things about this movie is there were no sex scenes. Yeah. And I was holding my Thank breath. Goodness. Let me tell you, his ideas for them would were out there. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was a little worried that that there was going to be a scene with Thurzabal and David Thewlis, yeah. and mm-hmm. and there was going to be like cat scratching and stuff. And yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. please, 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 yeah. I've suffered I, enough. Yeah, we only have twenty minutes to go. Can we please just get out <laughs> yeah, of here? This is probably a better movie than the original one would have been. It's hard to say, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, d- I didn't mm-hmm. see any mm-hmm. of his other films, Richard Stanley's films, so <laughs> well, I don't... But it's it's just so weird that there's there's definite competence on display in the production oh, yeah. of this movie, mm-hmm. and yet it's just such a freaking mess, particularly at the end. It's like, yeah. uh, we gotta, we gotta finish this thing up. Let's have them all shoot each other. Okay. <laughs> and it's so funny, because, I mean, Perlman is great, Brando does a good job. Uh, I, I would say the acting is unilaterally mm-hmm. good. Yeah, you know, even all the weird animal people are all are. There's a certain amount of pathos in in the monkey butler man. But and <laughs> as Jason said earlier, it's not boring. <laughs> You're like, no, no, what no. is going on? It's bananas, but it is not boring. I mean, what 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 if what if everybody? Maybe it is a good movie. No, okay. Pull up! Pull up! Pull up! But what I will say, I, I was I was going to go someplace similar, which is, I kind of was entertained by this movie because is this a uh, good bad movie? A bad? I was yeah, just well, going to say this is a good bad movie because a lot of things happen. It is only ninety minutes long, so it's not a slog. The acting is pretty good. The tr- the character choices are super weird. There are lots of people who are you can play. What kind of animal is that supposed to be yeah. <laughs> throughout the entire thing? It's like is that a baboon or a or what? Like, their ideas you know, they're specified in the cast there. list. I'd way r- I much rather see a late nineties movie with. Lots of prosthetics and 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 animal stuff than bad CGI late nineties. I still yes. don't know what the yes. six-breasted horse lady giving birth at the beginning. No, was she was to supposed be. to be a a, a sow, a pig lady. like a pig yeah. lady, pig lady. She was yeah. she's a pig lady. Yeah. Okay. I 
the um the performances, you know, other than Thulis, who unfortunately, you know, basically he has to be the everyman, and so his performance is kind of boring. But all the other ones Which are kind of, of over the top, chewing scenery, and it's like I love it. I love that. I don't know why Val Kilmer is taking his headphones on and off all the time. But it's like, <laughs> why not? Like maybe he just he's fishing. He maybe needs that's to, like a, a little more Nirvana, yeah. and then yeah. Well, also he's on he's on serious drugs. That's another yes. thing yes. clearly about that he character, right? But like. But like it is, I like that he's totally messed up and he's fidgety and all of that stuff. And he's doing his Val Kilmer character that he does. I like that Brando looks incredibly weird and has a little <laughs> mini animal man who dresses the same as him. And then gives, as David said, it's not like an incompetent performance. Like I, I feared that this would be one of those like, wow, Marlon Brando can't do anything anymore. And yet he wanted the paycheck. No, he, he knows what he's doing. It's ridiculous, but he knows what it is. Like, I mean, I, the yeah. weirdest things about his performance or the costumes it's mm-hmm. literally he does a good job otherwise yeah, yeah he does and, yeah i mean i in in flop house terms i was gonna say you know i'll go even further i don't know that it was a good bad movie this was a movie i kind of <laughs> liked because oh, it's so oh, no. bad it's so bad but the but pull up. Actually, the movie runs aground. In fact, my notes just stop at one point because the movie does really run aground in that moment. After Val, again, after Val Kilmer says, "I want to go to Dog Heaven," uh, there's that moment where everybody's just killing everybody else, and it is, and it is like garbage. It's like literally, we don't know what yes. to do. Well, we- it's your classic Shakespearean tragedy, is what it is. <laughs> I see. Yeah, but they, but he, the Shakespearean tragedy wraps up real fast. This is yeah. twenty minutes of carnage. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, you need Fortinbras to roll it right in there after five minutes and be like, hey. Ah, Lion Man. I knew him, Horatio. A man of infinite screaming when his bone uh, electric thing went off. But he liked rabbits. Yeah, somebody from just the next the next island should roll in and be like, whoa, this is this is not how we do it on island two. <laughs> Skipper! Skipper! The sequel. I, I have to say, my, my favorite uh, Val Kilmer moment, seeing as this is Kilmus, is when yes. he's... He's just finished uh, uh, imitating Marlon Brando, and he gets up and he walks towards the camera, and he sort of casually lifts up his white T-shirt, and all this pillow material falls out that he's been right. using oh, to, yeah. to be his fake gut, and he just kind of casually steps over oh, and walks away. I love it. Yeah, that was a nice touch. <laughs> once Brando is dead, the coherence is gone, and then once Kilmer is dead, you can just stop watching. <laughs> it's no, fine. No, you, gotta, you gotta fast forward to the last scene where, where they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Don't bring back any scientists because I love that scene. That's a great you scene. You can literally just fast forward until you see daylight. Yeah. Once yeah, Kilmer's exactly. dead, just just skip to the daylight. I think that that's how you observe Kilmus as you watch up to that scene. And, you <laughs> and then shut it down. <laughs> Val Kilmer's no like longer you, in I this mean, movie. Shut it down. Yeah, it's no longer, you know, you watch that the next morning, maybe, you know, while you're opening presents. But, you know, yeah. that's not, it's not <laughs> foreground Kilmus. <laughs> I, I don't think, though, that you can reasonably skip over that 20 minutes that's sort of awful. Because <laughs> if you don't, the, experience. the first time. It is. Yeah, you won't mm. understand the true awfulness. The true meaning of Kilmus? The true horror. Yes. <laughs> You'll just be like, oh, that movie was actually sort of good. And I don't understand why everybody thinks it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> because you got to sit through, there must be a God number one, right? Yeah. Like, you got you to gotta sit uh, through that part. Where is, where is yeah. the 45-minute fan edit of uh, <laughs> Dr. Moreau? It's amazing. <laughs> oh. But see, this, this is why every night at midnight Kilmas Mass, mm. you end with, I want to go to dog heaven. And everyone says, we want to go to dog heaven. And then you leave. <laughs> 
That's yeah, yeah. That sounds about leave, right. Leave some, mm-hmm. yeah. Leave some cookies out for the big guy, and yeah. Uh, yeah. And by which you mean Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> he yep. comes he leaves, with his he leaves white some ice for his uh, ice bucket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have to say, like, definitely from that moment, you know, when when uh, Montgomery is shot, that everything happens. Just I didn't like, care at that point. I was like, well, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I thought, like maybe there'd be a little more to his like you know, his uh, rule of the beast people, at least for a day or something. Mm. But nope. And then also, you know, once that happens, and then, you know, you see uh, David Thewlis and Fruza Buck come in, and then like, they kill her off, like, boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was like, it wasn't a fridging, but it was definitely like, it's hard i mean i'm reminded of the in star trek discovery the lengthy scenes in klingon it's hard when you have a <laughs> bunch of actors and prosthetics and you don't necessarily remember who they are and what their motivations are but it's like when i got to that and it was like so is there going to be like another half hour of like Mon- monster island politics because i <laughs> yeah, yeah dog butler has to disagree about the unitary le- uh, legislature with with Catman. yeah do not go to hyena swine's t- town council meeting that's not that would have been boring be, be grateful it wasn't a two-hour movie yeah, yeah. i bring like, the meeting of the moreau island council to order any <laughs> new <yeah>. business <laughs> I'm going to go around one last time. Final thoughts about the island of Dr. Moreau. You did it. You lived through it. Uh, what do you have to say for yourself, Annette Weirstra? Well, you know, I think this could be annual viewing, um, but we have to do it with a lot more alcohol mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably together. Throw popcorn. Commentary track. Yes. <laughs> Commentary track. Yes. Mm-hmm. You need to have like the, oh, what I'm is there. it, the... the um, the version where everyone goes live in the theater and yeah. does weird oh, nice. bananas. It's a Kilmus miracle. Yeah, we mm. all come in like <laughs> face masks and, you know, you pick your hybrid animal. Mm. That's right. I'm a That's buffoon. Right. It's like, oh mm. man, that guy's dressed up as the dog butler. Wow. And we all right, yell, like that. Yeah. I want to go to dog heaven. I'll t- That's I right. Mean, this could be this sort of thing, which it would be, we, be a lot of we, we, all, we all throw yeah. circuit boards from radios onto yeah. onto pillows, onto pillows, onto pillows. Yeah. Yeah. them yeah. on your head. Yeah, yeah, that's where. Yeah, pull them right off. We and, all ceremonially snap the neck of a stuffed rabbit, curl up in the fetal position, and make a make a scrunchy face, and then hit something with our fists. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, David, final thoughts. I I still can't believe I liked it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. But it's oh, no. terrible. It's terrible. It's I'm not going to deny it. Gene? I, my interest was piqued because, of course, uh, the island of Dr. Moreau has a big role in uh, informing all of Orphan Black, my, mm, yeah, my that's favorite true. shows. Mm-hmm. And this gave me a chance to say, I just want to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. Oh. Steve Lutz. This was not as bad as I was promised. <laughs> <laughs> And See? for that reason, I don't think it quite reaches the level of a good-bad for me. I think for a proper good-bad movie, it helps to be just so utterly incompetent that you just can't believe the movie was even made, let alone that you know it, it turned out to be a, a, a trash fire. And this, there's, I mean, it's like 90% competence, and it's that 10% you know, plot and coherence that makes all the difference. But um, yeah, I mean, it's not bad, but I don't think it's quite good-bad for me. 
Not sure I'll watch it again. I was going to say it's good, bad in the sense that it's good until it's bad. And then it's well, really sure. bad. <laughs> yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, it's very weird. Like the first 30 minutes is actually kind of interesting. And then the middle 30 minutes is super strange, yeah. but kind of fascinatingly strange. And then the last 30 minutes is garbage. Like that's basically how it is. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to get chaotic and weird in that last 20 minutes but not in the way it ended up getting chaotic there is a lot of promise there in the potential of val kilmer's cult that we never that's i'm just Mm -hmm. sad yeah that just i want Mm -hmm. literally fell apart yeah tony final thoughts uh you know jason you've 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 exposed me to some good movies about islands and you've exposed me to this yes. movie about islands. <laughs> this, sir, this is, I know Frankenstein Island. It is no Frankenstein This is Island. no Frankenstein <laughs> Island. It's fair. It's not. What, how could it be? A little bit more like Hulk Dog, the movie. Um, so, <laughs> Although when, when Marlon Brando, I mean, I'm just saying a mashup of these two movies and Marlon Brando pushes that button and then everybody gets the power that paralyzes the arm. I'm like, oh, mm. no. Mm. Like, Working. maybe. You know, I wonder if that's where they got it, and they, mm-hmm. that's how Jocko lost his eye. Yeah, someday. Like I mean, we just have to. Yeah. We just have to wait. There'll be somebody who will grow up and want to make the big budget adaptation of Frankenstein. Never mind. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the Island of Doctor Moreau. It is a special way to celebrate Kilmus, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I do not regret watching it because it again it moved. <laughs> In flophouse terms, because we keep using the flophouse terms, mm. it moved along at a good clip. You know, it wasn't too long. It never was boring. It was not very good, um, but there were interesting things in it. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we went through this process, and especially glad that we went through it together, so mm. that we could mm-hmm. all share in it. Yes, uh, it's, a kill miss kill miss miss it's a kill miss miracle. <laughs> I don't know. Between this and Batman Forever, I'm worried. I'm worried that I might hate Von Kilmer. <laughs> oh, I'm totally there. The rest, the rest of Kilmus will uh, convince you or prove that to be true. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mystery. The, the part part of the reason for the season is the is the mystery of Val Kilmer and what yeah. he means and what it's he the represents. Duality of Kilmer. So, I mean, really. Val Kilmer speaks to us in so it many do, ways. He does. He does. Well, and we're going to explore uh, Val, that. Val Kilmer speaks to us in the same way so many times. And, and dear <laughs> listeners, again, if, if if you're not clear and you think that this is Kilmus and it was very funny and next week we'll have a normal episode. Oh no, Kilmus oh, no. will continue because the Kilmus season lasts and mm. lasts and, and lasts. lasts. You, you keep the thinking the winters. light will extinguish and it keeps going. No, you can't, you can't stop. Well, you can't keep a, a you Val can't Kilmer down. Out. You can't do it. This should scare off anybody who's not a true believer. In, yeah. In yeah. Val <laughs> well, good news, everybody. The rest of Kilmus will not be rocket surgeries. So, mm, you know, they're, right. they're, they're, oh, okay. things that's are looking right. up, but we're starting with with this one because there are not? good ones coming. Uh, okay. One last time. I want to thank my panel for going through this, for going to the island with me. Uh, Annette Weirstra, thank you. I'm not sure I'm thanking you, but that's I was fine. here. You can blame me. I'll take the, I'll take responsibility for this. David J. Lohr, thank you. All panelists go to dog heaven. <laughs> G. McDonald, thank you. Thank you, Jason. And uh, let's let's pick a different island. Something new next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Steve Lutz, thank you. Thank you, Jason. You are truly a five-finger man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Tony Sindelar, thank you. There is no podcast. There is no law. <laughs> what is the law? No spill blood. Who makes the rules? Someone, Someone else. else. Uh, until next week when Kilmus will continue oh yes it will it will I just want to go to dog heaven but until then I'll see you next week
to go to dog heaven!